G'day and welcome to another edition of Stacks Podcast, Radio Freaks. This week I've got my partner in crime once again in the studio. I've got me mate Adam Snell in here once again. And I've also got a very good friend down from all the way in Port Hedland. If you've done anything in Port Hedland in the way of music, you've got to have met this guy. He's kind of like Mr. Music come time to uh, talk about Port Hedland. His name is Brad Holder. So uh, Brad's a musician, he's a sound engineer, he works at the Matt Dan Theatre um, as a production. He's a 25-year-old production coordinator. To do that at such a young age is a bit of a, a pretty cool thing, so we're going to get him in the studio and uh, talk some shit with these lads. Once again, welcome to Stax. And g'day lads, how are we? Fantastic, gents. What's happening? What's happening, Brad? Good to see you, mate. Long, <laughs> Absolutely. Long time. It's great to be here, honestly. It's awesome. It's awesome? Yes, it's much sure. cooler. It's awesome to be in the city. <laughs> it's much cooler down this way. You, you're glad to be... Yeah, I suppose it would be. <laughs> absolutely. We're hitting 40s down here. How hot is it in Port Hedland? Oh, 40s, yeah, absolutely, if not more. Absolutely. Really? I think our Marble Bar, which is not too far away from us last week, I think it was in the last week or the week before, was actually the hottest in the world. So it's pretty pretty incredible. It's Isn't it like one of the hottest places in the world? Definitely. You're not wrong at all. Um, I've, yeah, because isn't it when you drive in there or something, there's something about like Marble Bar? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. About being like, it's probably had... Is it in the Hot, world? Hottest city, yeah. Hottest city. You had the record at one stage, I reckon, for the hottest uh, continuous spell of of uh, over 40 or over 45 or something stupid. Like yeah, I, I think it has the hottest average throughout Australia. Uh, but uh, definitely, it was, it was worldwide, apparently, last week. So that's, that's pretty extreme. Yeah, right. So um, it's, a, it's a little town, if anyone doesn't know. Um, it was found in 1890 by a, pros- a prospector named Francis Jenkins. And uh, what were you pointing at there? Yeah, the town set a world record for most consecutive days of 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Or so 37.8 degrees or above. For 160 days. days from the 31st of October 1923 to the 17th, 7th of April in 1924. That's pretty warm. Over 38 degrees. <laughs> and for anyone listening from other places, that is 100 degrees Fahrenheit. So I've got to admit, we're not quite that hot in Port Hedland, but we're not far off it. So. Well, you're not far from there. You're what, 400k? Yeah, about that. Yep. Jesus Christ. I remember going there. There was actually a neat little billabong. Have you ever swum in that, bro? I think I have, actually. How I many people go to Marble? A lot of people go to Marble Bar, and they don't realise that there's a real neat little billabong just sort of over a hill just outside of town. Yeah, that's right. And it's always full of water because it's a spring. Yep. Yeah, so... Uh, Hot bastard of a town, but Jesus, there's, there's, there is a bit of relief out <laughs> there's there. There's a way to cool down. There is a way to cool down. Very interesting. So what uh, brings you down this way, Brett? Uh, a bit of a holiday for a change, which is nice. So yep. yeah, yeah, getting, getting a bit down here, which is cool. Yeah, right. What, um, just uh, brought the lovely partner down, mate, and just hang out with the family and yeah, do some stuff? Yeah, definitely. Brought a guitar down with me as well, so a bit of songwriting and stuff while I'm here, and yeah. Yep. So a little bit of music. And you're going to see your mate who's got a great studio down in Dunsborough, is it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sean down at Furreal Studio. Absolutely. So it's going to be awesome to be down there. So what's it called? Furreal. Furreal, yeah. Furreal. Studios, which is awesome. Yeah, so check that out. Um, He's got some uh, pretty cool gear down there. Definitely. And, definitely. Uh, mate, we were talking earlier too about this. you're getting someone up to Port Hedland that I want to really see. This guy sparked me interest. Through, but I thought he was actually a thinned out Ron Jeremy. And then, <laughs> and, and then I found out that he's actually not Ron Jeremy, that his name is Barry Morgan. 
Um, He's quite a legend, actually. I'm really excited to have him up there. Uh, this is the first year that we've, um, at, at, at the theatre, taken part as the Outer Fringe for the Fringe Festival. Yep. And uh, as part of it, we've got Mr. Barry Morgan coming up with his World of Organs show. So we're really pumped about this. It's going to be so great. So Bar- Barry Morgan's World of Organs. He does look like Dead Set, a younger version of uh, Ron Jeremy. And he's got, <laughs> he's got a great website. We're checking it out now. Sensational Barry Morgan. <laughs> he looks happy about playing the keyboards. He is he? just over the moon. Look, he, 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 you probably know him from Spicks and Specks, if anywhere. Yeah, and right. I, yeah, he's a fantastic guy. I'm really excited to be working with him. He's a good dresser. Yeah, definitely. Loves definitely. a polo neck. <laughs> why wouldn't you? I mean, even at 46 degree temperature, why wouldn't you love a polo neck? And he's all going up to, yeah, I wonder if he's going to get the polo necks and the uh, safari suits out at... Uh, <laughs> Out of Port Hedland. It's funny, he's had to downsize his show a little bit for us because it's really a little bit hard to freight a, a massive organ all the way out to Port Hedland. So <laughs> new, new store, opening soon, closed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's brilliant. I can't wait to see him. And he's playing Perth as well very shortly. So maybe she... I think uh, he's actually... Fringe, yeah. He is so. part of the Fringe Festival. There's so many good acts actually coming over to uh, to play. I've got uh, my brother gave me a hundred buck... Uh, Tickets worth a hundred bucks voucher for uh, the Fringe Festival to go see Sweet. some stuff. So I may have to go see Barry Morgan. Yeah, do it. Do it. I might see if we can get him on the podcast. That'd be a ripper. Oh, that'd be killer. Let yeah. him organise your world. Let me organise <laughs> your world. Oh, Barry Morgan, you're killing me. I'll just, it says, that's right, shoppers. Barry just doesn't give you the biggest organ deals in the Southern Hemisphere. He also is a seasoned and well-respected entertainer. Seasoned? If you're looking for a state-of-the-art organ, you've come to the right place, shoppers. We're located in beautiful Sunnyside Mall in the city of Churches, Adelaide, and now open five days a week and sometimes on a Saturday subject to council approval. (laughs) (laughs) So come on down, browse around. There's plenty of bargains to be had. We've got organs in every shape and size and colour imaginable and the latest range of polysynthesis percussive technology. Wow, I don't even know what that is. I know, I'm starting to think it's uh, probably something to do with the 80s. Uh, Giving you up to 64 (laughs) continuously, continuously changing rhythm patterns right at your fingertips. BYO drummer, hey? Have you ever... uh, I remember I used to... I don't, organs have got a certain sound, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. They have their place, don't they? Well, what about <laughs> the, the Leslie... Uh, the speakers that used to come with them? The old yeah. Leslie speakers. And the Hammond, yeah. uh, Hammond B3 is a, is a classic still to the, ha- the Hammond B3. You can't go wrong with the Hammond, I reckon. I, I think every piece of recording software right down to GarageBand has that modelling in there for that. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a staple, isn't it? Barry Morgan, World of Organs. So check him out when he comes to the, uh, to the Fringe Dudes, Barry Morgan. So, um... You're going down your mate's studio and that, and then you're back off to sunny Port Hedland. Yeah, driving back up, which is cool. It's about an 18-hour drive, which is fun, but uh, I do enjoy it. Yep. You do it quite a bit too, don't you? I do, yeah. Lots of good music. That, that's the trick, I think. Yeah, uh, true. As long as you've got an iPod full of good music and a bit of battery, you're pretty safe. So who's <laughs> um, who's uh, some of the... Tell me some of the good acts that have come through uh, Port Hedland in the last 12 to 18 months. Uh, well, 12 to 18 months, I'm not too sure off the top of my head. Wow, it's been a bit of a whirlwind. But uh, look, over the past few years, we've had all sorts of different acts, all the way from Evermore right down to our Spiderbait and uh, plenty of other acts as well. We've also got a great festival called the Northwest Festival, yep. which I don't know if you've heard of that one, but uh, it's huge, it's fantastic. Uh, last year, we had the Danny Warhol, Danny Warhol's headlining it, which was fantastic. Mm. Uh, it's that on the, had, uh, over on the race course, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That's right. We had a Birds of Tokyo and Draft this year and a bunch of other great acts. So it's been a fantastic, fantastic festival. How did the Birds of Tokes go down? Yeah, really well. They were awesome, actually. Any, oh. any band that man fronts, because I think uh, the last podcast or the one before, I think we were just harping on about Carnival. Yeah, oh, Mr. Ian yeah. Kenny. Wow. I'm pretty sure it was uh, 
Mr. Pete Ashton, we just, yep. it was pretty much what called the Carnival podcast. <laughs> Every yep. reference we just come up with was all about Carnival, yep. Ed Kenny, Birds of Tokyo. Yeah, so, and uh, a band called The Siren Tower. So, yeah. yeah. Still one of my favourite acts. Awesome. I've in got the, a bit of in my, the world. Probably my favourite North West Festival was the first year, actually. Now, yeah, we had Hilltop Hoods, um, The Living End, and The Cat Empire all headlining it, which was awesome, and a bunch of other acts on with them as well. So, so you think up there at Port Headland, like, how many people do you get to it? Oh, probably four or 5,000 people. It's awesome. Yep. Yeah, it's great. So yeah. I guess you can actually get to the toilets at one of these festivals. Yeah, definitely. Have you had any deaths from pill popping? No, thankfully not. <laughs> It's actually coordinated by Sunset Events, so they do a fantastic job. Obviously, they put together a lot of festivals down here, Southbound, yep. Blizzard Roots, and all that kind of stuff. Do you get any macho like um, like Stereo Sonic, or should we say Steroid Sonic? Steroid Sonic, <laughs> yeah. Come at me, bro. No, thankfully not. Not that kind of festival. But we do have a, a chilled-out day as well at the festival, so it's a three-dayer. On the Sunday, we have a chilled-out day as well, which is the sundowner at the Civic Centre Garza, which is cool. So nice. I was lucky enough to play on that this year and got to support Claire Bowditch, which is awesome. So yep. I, really I, need, I need to ask, because I've never seen them and I've always wanted to, but The Living End, Cheney's just a freak. What are they like oh, live? Man, they were awesome. I actually know the sound guy as well, who is an absolute legend of the sound guy. He mixes Carnival and Birds of Tokyo mm. as well and mixed Living End at that particular festival and just nailed it. It was an awesome mix. The band was super hot. They were yeah, fantastic. I believe it. It's I loved one, it. Yeah, I would have... Love to have seen Man, that. their energy was just pumping. That, that's my favourite act of... Over the four years of the festival, we've had probably maybe 30 or 40, 50 different acts. That's my favourite act. Yeah. They were incredible. Wicked. Yeah, yeah. love to have seen them. So, um, while we're at it, we like to play a bit of uh, music of some of the guests that come on. Brad, we're going to play a song that you've got a video clip for on YouTube. Yeah. Tell us a bit about it. Yeah, sure. So it's called Stay the Night. I wrote it up in Port Hedland, and uh, it's it's got an interesting story. It's about my girlfriend, which was cool. That's not about uh, people passing through Port Hedland, Stay the Night. Or anything <laughs> like that. Could be. I, it I'm wasn't a, wasn't I'm a slogan like for Port Hedland. <laughs> was, was, think... com- was you commissioned by Port Hedland Tourism? <laughs> so I'm secretly, secretly hoping a hotel picks it up. I'm sure they never will, but <laughs> that's it. But no, seriously, the song was written up in Port Hedland, and uh, I was lucky enough to track it down at our studio couch a couple of years ago with uh, Matt Geo, who is an absolutely incredible studio guy. He's just absolutely amazing. And uh, yeah, it was, was a really, really exciting challenge for me to uh, be tracking with a really pro studio guy. Uh, and he's worked with some really great acts. Um, as we, we spoke about Birds of Tokyo before. He's mixed those guys. He's worked with them. And it was just awesome to have someone else craft my music in a way I've never thought possible. Um, there's little bits and pieces that you, you, you kind of don't consider when someone else is looking at your music, so that was really cool. And then uh, to get it mastered as well by Mr. William Bowden, who um, won a Grammy for Gotcha, somebody that I used to know, it was awesome. So it was top to work with some really cool people. Yeah, man, I, I, I like it. Whose idea was it with all the photographs hanging down in the room? That was actually the video guy that we got involved. So his, his name is David Blown Oakley, and he, uh, he works at a company called, uh, his name is Murder Productions, yep. which is a fantastic videography company from over east in Brisbane. Those noises um, you can hear in the background, um, Adam's strapping on his, uh, he's got a metal dick. <laughs> he's just he's putting it on now. He's just geez, it takes some work to get on, Adam, doesn't it, mate? Well, it's it's, it's large. It's <laughs> very large. Yeah, it looks like something that should be on Pacific so Rim. Literally polish my knob. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, how long did it take you to shoot it? Where'd you do it? Uh, well, it took uh, I think it took about three days up to shoot, uh, yep. and we uh, we shot it uh, in Perth actually, which on Mount Bay Road I think it was. So that was was cool. We we hired an apartment up there and kitted it out. We got a Polaroid camera and got all these photos and took photos of each other for a couple of days, and then hung them in this apartment and, and stayed in the apartment as well, which was cool, like true rock stars sleep on set and uh, then we recorded the rest of the cutaway scenes around Perth as well so it was cool awesome mate it turned out pretty good so uh, we'll check it out eh? well let's have a bit of a listen so uh, yeah listen to this this is Stay the Night by Mr. No Other than uh, 
none other than Mr. Brad Holder. Man, that's awesome. Good song. Thanks. You like it? I liked it. <laughs> good news. I actually heard it before, but I like it again. <laughs> that's good. I, I like it again. That's why there's no excitement, really. No, because uh, <laughs> I, I remember when it came out, I remember on Facebook, uh, there was like 400 posts <laughs> of listening yeah. to my new song, yeah. Stay the Night. I was actually really lucky and really blessed, actually, because it made it to number four on the um, number one music charts, which was cool. So yep. I was really happy with that. So That's awesome. Definitely. Yeah. yeah it's a good song. Thanks. Very teeny. <laughs> Did it get you laid? Maybe. I'm, no, it didn't. Maybe I'll move out of, that, <laughs> out of that sphere one day. Maybe I will, eh? Uh, did you, was it a true story? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah. So sure uh, it was. That's pretty cool. How about I didn't get in trouble? I'm not, uh, don't I get in trouble? No, I don't care. We don't care. <laughs> that's, the beauty, that's the beauty of this joint. No one gives it. No one knows where we are. No one cares. I care. Yeah? No. That's right. should start caring. Mate, uh, what's on the horizon? Are you, have you got a band together? What's happening? I don't at the moment. I've, I've been playing solo a lot. Uh, I've been playing a lot at, a, at an open mic night up in Port Hedland every week, which has been awesome. Really cool way to test out some new material. And I've got a few tracks that I'm keen to get in the studio and record, so, yep. yeah. Yeah, cool. What about you made down a fur reel? Maybe you might be able to Yeah, yeah absolutely. I reckon that would be great. I'd love to work with it. Butter him so. up. Ask yeah. him to stay the night. <laughs> That's it. See you <laughs> <laughs> You're right there, Adam. I'm fine. How's your metal dick going? Um, wonderful. <laughs> Pretty good. He's uh, has that thing got hydraulics? Is that hydraulics? Yeah, hydraulics. It's uh, got um, electrics, yeah, sunroof, <laughs> sunroof, power steering. That's a fancy knob. Absolutely. Sunroof. Uh, damn straight. Very good. <laughs> Guys from Blindspot would actually uh, appreciate us talking about metal dicks. There's this band called Blindspot. Um, I think last week on the podcast you heard from Blindspot. Great band. I might have to play some for Brad. Give him a listen. Uh, yeah, I rehearse here a bit. I'm going to tell you a bit of a story about Blind. The best thing I've seen about Blindspot, they get on stage and these guys just have fun. They're hilarious. Awesome. They're one of the most entertaining bands to watch. They're kind of punky. They're a little bit sort of... Uh, uh, who's saying got smoked a pack of cigarettes? Friends or Romy? Yep. They're a bit Friends or Romy, but um, I reckon way better. They love me saying that too. Um, they've got kind of that sort of Aussie punk thing about it. But I remember uh, Swainy and Mark and and as are the three front guys and you've got Steve Sixer back on drums. But I remember uh Swaney's turning around to As he's going, Hey As he goes, What's the next song? He goes, I'm not too sure there, Swaney, but I'm pretty sure it's about dicks. And then he goes, Oh yeah, well what makes you think that? And then he holds up the set list that he's been looking at all night. <laughs> and it's just it's just like one and a picture of a dick, two and another picture of a dick, three <laughs> just all dicks on the on the on the thing, and if you look, uh, I'm not sure where we keep all our envelopes. Is uh, somewhere? Yeah, pull out those envelopes for me, there, Brad. If you have a look at just the little ones, all the envelopes. Is there a heap of envelopes stacked there, or not really? No. Oh, okay. So if you see the envelope, every time we get an envelope um, for here, which uh, we've got a system here at Stacks where uh, at the Rock Garage, where if you use a room, I don't want to chase you for money. You sort your shit out and you drop it in the happy box on top of the fridge. Leave the money on the fridge. So people drop their money in and every time the boys come in, they always draw just a dick on it. That way I know what band it is. <laughs> and uh, it's usually got a dick of the week attached to it. And uh, I was complaining over the last few weeks because they're getting, they're getting a bit slack. Oh, and they're oh, not, get it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're getting a bit slack and they're not drawing veins on them anymore. Oh. Disappointing. That's horrible. Anyway. Where's your artistic, you know... Flair. Yeah, prowess. 
prowess. Mm. Usually we're brought to you by uh, Jack Daniels here at uh, the, the podcast, but unfortunately it was New Year's Eve two nights ago and I drank it all. Uh, I'm still getting over, over that night, actually. We had uh, one litre sitting there and then another 700ml bottle and they all went <laughs> the other night. So usually we have Woo, couple, night. a couple of JDs when we're doing a podcast and have to settle for a beer. So uh, what's happening? How did Mika Thara go, Adam? You went up to Mika Thara. Did Mika, I ask that last time? Or? Uh, no, no. Mika Thara was interesting. You were talking about hot. It was 46 when we stepped out the bus in Mika Thara. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was damn hot. Those chairs don't sound like you're farting much, do they? <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> yes, the chairs. Blame the chairs. <laughs> but, it, it, look, it was a wonderful trip. I was asked to go up and, and um, do community carols up there. So we had big community carols. have the picture gardens in Mika Thara. So it's like a... Uh, Pulled up in a burnout blue FJ. <laughs> which I was very tempted to sing. But they have... It's like an outdoor theatre done like a movie cinema so there's there's a big you know driving sort of sized uh screen uh, but no roof so it was carols underneath the stars uh there are lots of um <laughs> i know what you're doing uh lots of people there it was a wonderful night it was just really really hot but uh you know driving up eight hours on saturday and eight hours back on sunday was a little rough but it was, you know, it was a wonderful experience and you know you, you can't i think ever put a uh, any sort of value on those things it is a wonderful wonderful time to, to mm. have yeah right definitely yeah. carols are a fantastic event aren't they it's amazing to see how much a community can pull together and you know and a, and a, and a community like Mika Thara, which I, I love is is uh, a place that just needs some some good news i guess and just some mm, definitely. Uh, a good um positive event because it's it's, it's got its struggles but uh yeah i had a wonderful time the people there are very hospitable and uh yeah just too damn hot that's, that's what it is. <laughs> now you found it for. No, I don't think it's there. Uh, no, the third one down might do it. Oh, I doubt it. Been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Trouble about my chair, man. I've been everywhere. I've been a big guitar, 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 hospital, jail, 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 hospital, big guitar, jail. That's quality viewing. That, that, that wasn't me at the Carol's incident. <laughs> some quality viewing. Hey, uh, so what's been happening um, as far as the Matt Dan Theatre? What You guys have got a bit of a... Uh, you just don't get music through. What else is happening? And uh, then, you, do you get Circus de Soleil ever call it? <laughs> we, we actually do it in... Did I even say that right? Cirque de Soleil. Cirque de Soleil. French, French no, Canadian. Exactly. It's weird. It's French for yoga. <laughs> and circuses. Yep. Not exactly. We've had some really great comedians over the years. We've had stuff like Arge Barker, Jim Owen, Ross Noble, acts like that, which oh, have been fantastic. Um, they've all been really, really amazing and great to work with. But uh, yeah, we, did we Ross all... Noble bring his balls? He he did. He did. <laughs> but funnily enough, did you know, do you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. But funnily enough, it didn't actually fit on our stage. It was too his big. His balls never fit. On they, 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 they didn't fit. So He's the got, poor hey, guy hey, had to play. Ross Noble's got big balls, man. <laughs> so the poor guy had to play his entire show because. As part of the show, he had this massive projection set behind him, yeah? Yeah. And unfortunately, that couldn't fit on our stage. So even, even stripped down, it wouldn't fit. It's not a little stage. No, no, it's a pretty big stage, but his set was bigger. So effectively, what he had to do was use our film screen behind him as his backdrop. Right. So he, he lost a bit of oomph out of that, but he was well, still he fantastic. Makes, he's got about at least six jokes referring to his balls. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and he does, yeah. he does that one where he backs up to the ball and starts rubbing his ass against it and 
talks about like a honey eating ant or something like that. It's like an ant. Or... Yes. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. It was pretty funny. I don't know if anyone's heard of Ross Noble, but um, he's a very uh, funny dude. Got a great accent. Yes. Ross Noble. I don't know if anyone's heard it, but he's got a he's got a really he's a he's a funny looking unit too, isn't he? Oh, he's a, he's yeah. He he kind of looks like Beaker <laughs> from the Muppets. <laughs> Um, Mixture of Beaker and Weird Al, wouldn't you think? So. Yeah, he's yeah. he's got a pretty wild sort of accent. Where would you say it's from? It's obviously English, but I think it's Scottish. Scottish, yeah. I'd, I'd is it Scottish? Scottish? Might be Scottish. I think so. Might be Scottish. I'm not sure. Yeah, he is a he's a pretty uh, wild dude. Actually, let's have a bit of a listen to his accent. The entrant, limber enough. That's not the pull. That's his sweeping brush. Hang on a minute, sweeping brush. There's one for you, Kieran. Here he is, limbering off on the start. <laughs> so there you have Ross Noble. Scottish, you reckon? I don't know. Obviously British, but um, I wasn't sure. I thought he might have been Scottish, but I've probably offended a lot of people by suggesting that song. Then I back out of this one gracefully. Do you get a, a few people come through, Brad? That like they come over and do the the uh, the uh, fringe, and then get a bit of work up your way. Yeah, look, definitely, definitely. Uh, Barry Morgan's definitely one of them. Uh, and I think I think this year, and now that we're uh, taking part in the Outer Fringe, so becoming an Outer Fringe venue, uh, we're actually going to get a bit more of that, which is awesome. So. Did you get a guy called Gish come through a few years back? Not that Kiwi I know. Kiwi fella? No. Yeah, I bumped into him in a, in a bathroom. Okay. In a, yeah, he was in a bathroom, and I went in to go to the toilet, and he was in there, I think he was smoking a bit of weed or something. Okay. And blowing it up in the exhaust fan, and... I'm like, oh, how are you going? I just thought he was this weird-looking Maori dude, and turns out he's pretty popular in New Zealand. I met uh, a famous person in the bathroom once. Did you? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're a fan of Whose Line Is It Anyway, the TV show. Yeah. Yeah, Colin Mockery, the bald Canadian guy, who's my absolute hero on that show, walked into the airport uh, toilets in Toronto, and, uh, of course, you know, perfectly, it had to be Colin Mockery in the toilet there, so I couldn't shake his hand or anything. I just had to, had to tell him I loved his work. Uh, which is very awkward in a toilet, uh, <laughs> but I was I was delighted to to have one of my heroes um, peeing next to me. So that's that amazing. Cool. I've uh, have you bumped into famous people, Brad, accidentally? Yeah, yeah a few here and there, yeah. occasionally. Yeah. Anything in particular? You, usually around a stage. But <laughs> yeah, well, you're kind of there, aren't you? So yeah, well, that's right. It's true. Yeah. yeah New Zealand comedian Gish. Yeah, that's Gish. He's the guy that I bumped into the toilet with. Yeah. Yeah, Gish, New Zealand comedian. Um, don't know a lot about him. Can't tell you anything he says or does, because I wouldn't know. But I imagine he says, bro, and um, fish and chops a lot. Maybe his name's Gush. He's Gush. Actually, a, a big <laughs> act that we have up north every year is the Laughing Samoans. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And they're, I mean, they're huge over in New Zealand as well. Mm. They're fantastic guys. They're great to work with, and they're hilarious. They sell out every year. Don't the naked... Are they the same dudes as the naked Samoans? Not sure. Not sure. Actually, last year we had the Naked Magician. Maybe they're originally the Naked Samoans, and now that's why they're the Laughing Samoans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had the Naked Magicians up north last year, which was fun. That was interesting as well. Yeah. That was good. Sold out as well. That was fantastic. The Naked Magicians. Explain yes. that. Yes. Uh, magicians that are naked. Fuck, where do they hide shit? <laughs> they're not like the puppetry of the penis guys or anything, are no, they? Not exactly, no. And to be honest, they're only really naked at the very, very end for about a minute. I bought a puppetry of the penis um, do-it-yourself video, like teaches you how to do some of their tricks. 
And there was go. one called the wristwatch, and unfortunately... <laughs> How'd you go with that, Joe? Well, I struggled. <laughs> I, I couldn't even do the ladies' wristwatch. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say I've got that video anymore. It's, uh, <laughs> it's gone. You gave up, did you? Mm. Oh, that's, that's quitting. Puppetry of the penis. I remember that. That was two, when they came out about 12 years ago. At least. But how many guys used to... I mean, I, I can't say I've ever tried it. I can't. Huh? No, no. Okay, here's my party trick with my penis. Here's my impersonation of one grain of rice. <laughs> I'll be here all night. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, oh, very good. So what's been happening uh, news-wise, gents? Anything uh, tickling your uh, fancy of late? How about the fact that Soundwave is no more? What's going on with Soundwave? We have Canada, haven't we? It's crazy, yeah. I believe AJ has gone bust, I believe. AJ Matter, yeah, the, the promoter of it. There's just, there's so many um, concerts and stuff. What do they call them? Soundwave, what is it? A, I wouldn't say concert. It's a festival, yeah. It's a festival, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's heaps that have gone broke. Yeah, absolutely. And it looks, it's really sad because that's really the only festival of that genre that can come to Australia. I mean, they've already axed Perth and now it's, it's gone across Australia. I mean, that's crazy. It's really the only chance that a lot of uh, people get to actually see bands of that nature and that genre. So I, I would love to have a, um, a Hellfest over here. We just don't um, get that quality. I, I'd love to see a, um, a big metal fest. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the lineup for Hellfest this year, but I'd be over there in a heartbeat wow. if I could. There's some incredible bands. I'd like to see that. I know Iron Maiden's coming here this year, though, so I'm excited yeah. about that. Brilliant. Huge fan of Iron Maiden. So how can good stuff like that go bust and then we've got Steroid Sonic and it's kicking ass? What's going on? Better drugs, I don't know. Oh, that's sad. It's just... It's... Um... Very sad. Hmm. Yeah, so... There's, um, I'm just bringing up a, so we've got, oh crap, that's quite a few. That's a lot. That's why they've gone bust, there's too many of them. We just, <laughs> we just wikipedia of how many festivals are in, are in Australia, and we're just going to list them all. Early Beach Festival, Alternative Nation, Apollo Bay Aquarius Festival, Australian Blues Music, Australian Festival of Chamber of Music, Australian Gospel Music Festival. Okay, so that's, uh, six or seven. We're not even a B yet. And we're not even a, we're not even near B. <laughs> Uh, Australian amazing. Gospel Music Festival. Now that one would go off. That'd be great. Uh, uh, hey, gospel music's wonderful. It was done by the right people. Bass in the music. Dust, Bass in the Grass, Bellinger Global Carnival, Bendigo Blues, Beyond the Valley. I wonder if the one that I played at recently is any. Um, what was it called? Uh, uh, I can't remember. That's how, <laughs> that's how good it was. Um, uh, shit, can't remember. Not Winterfest. Bolgart Blues. It's got to be under B. Bolgart Blues, and it's not there. Well, that went down well. No Bolgart Blues. So, uh, look, there's seriously about 400, 500 here. Oh, no, actually not that much. There's a hell of a lot, though. But a lot of those, you wonder how many of these are still going. Like, we've got uh, Soundwave Festival. It's now gone... It's gone bank bankrupt. They proposed 2016 lineup and cancellation. Hmm... Alice in Chains. They brought Alice in Chains to Australia. 
that's the best thing ever. One of my favourite bands of all There's time. There's been some awesome bands at Soundwave. Jimmy Eat World, yeah. Faith No More, yeah. Bloodhound Gang, Nine Inch Nails. I mean, Blink-182. Jane's Addiction, like... Soundguard, Nine Maiden, Queens of the Stone Age, Smashing Pumpkin. Yeah, whatever. System of a Down, <laughs> Slipknot, Green Day, Avenged Sevenfold. Yeah, not bad either. But Lincoln Park, Blink-182, Mentalica. Uh, just to name a few. So... 2016 was cancelled due to poor sick, uh, poor ticket sales, it said. Really? Which is interesting. There's something going on in Perth with ticket sales. There's not like a... Offspring. Perth's suffering a bit of a bit of a, a lull at the moment. I don't know if it's Australia-wide, but we had that boom, that economic boom, and now we've got pretty much nothing going on. So we're suffering. But everyone's suffering. There's some weird stuff going on in Perth. Let's have a look here. Uh, women loses a woman loses a pants on a fairground ride. Crowd hoot with delight as a decision goes commando backfires spectacularly. Yeah, but who hasn't done that really? Who, who what on a, on a ride? Exactly. I'm pretty sure I haven't. Oh, you don't know what you're missing. Oh. Out Actually, I've got a little story about a ride. Kalgoorlie. Have you been to Kalgoorlie, Brad? I have. You know the pool? Sort of. The pool at, have <laughs> I you been past it. I oh, you, past did, you never went to the pool at Kalgoorlie? No, no, I didn't. Okay, they've got a thing. I think it's called a flow rider mm-hmm. at Kalgoorlie Pool. Uh, I'm going to show you is, guys. Is that like a wave rider? Well, yeah, we, it's, we like a, it's like a wave yeah, sort we, of we thing. Yeah, we have one of those in Port Edlin, yeah. Oh, oh did you? Yeah. Have you still got it? Yeah. yeah. You got one? Yeah, the South Edlin Pools, yeah. It's got a flow rider there. Yeah, it was called a wave rider, but yeah. It's where you stand on a mechanical surfboard, effectively, and then... Well, yeah, it's like a wave that comes up, yeah. yeah okay. And it's just yeah. like a jet thing that shoots up sort of like a ramp and you yep. surf down. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. I had a go at that when I was at, at Port Hedland, and I mean, at uh, Kalgoorlie, and I actually didn't drop the drawstring of my Lost your board shorts. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, pretty much, well, didn't drop the drawstring, didn't have underwear on, and... Lost my pants. Yeah. Oh, thankfully no one was filming it though, were they? No, but there was a lot of kids and family and people there. <laughs> I remember the sort of lifeguard dude looking at me going, mate, <laughs> I didn't need to see that. And what did you learn from this, Jai? Um, probably to wear, uh, do, do a drawstring up for starters. Yeah, well. <laughs> so accidental nudity, everyone's had it. And then, and then got kicked off it because I actually never bought a ticket and I didn't realise it was a ticketed machine. <laughs> so I've had one go, lost me Dax, had to... Waddle up to the top, cover me junk, and then uh, get up the top, and he goes, "Mate, by the way, where's your wristband?" <laughs> and uh, got done. Should have said it was in your shorts. Yeah, <laughs> he tied it around me, old fella. <laughs> he, he got blew off too. So, uh, yeah, very interesting. Brad, um, mate, is there any? Tell me, is there any local acts at Port Helen right now that are? Uh, kicking goals. Yeah, there's one act called Cadence, which is an absolutely fantastic cover band. They're amazing. Really talented bunch. They're kind of, I guess, uh, I'd, I'd probably put them in the box of um, probably soul funk reggae band. Well, are they a cover band or are they yeah, original? Yeah, they're, they're a cover band and they're, they're really tight actually. They're fantastic. And are they, okay. do we know any, um, do we know anyone from them? Do you know anyone from the lineup? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so we, we do a lot of their audio production, which is fantastic. They're great to work with. Um, yeah, so there's Sarah, there's Stan, there's Jade, there's Charlie and there's uh, Sam. And they're a fantastic, fantastic band. They're really tight. They also headlined the uh, Oktoberfest gig a little while back as well, down in uh, Karatha, which is fantastic. So we got to go down and, uh, and, and play down there, which was brilliant. Different band. Yeah. It's a shame. Yeah, right. So um, that's cool. Adventure Time's good, though. 
<laughs> What's Adventure Time? When you have kids, you'll, you'll learn about Adventure Time. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds weird. Yeah, alright. Bit of a lull. Where are we going to go do for the... Let's find some... Go back to the... I'll get rid of all this. We can talk about accidental nudity again. Have you had some... I've had a great accidental nudity. Hang on. Moment. We'll make it official. <laughs> Have you had an so accidental... <laughs> Thankfully not. <laughs> so, uh, what about you, Adam? Had any uh, accidental nudity happen? I had a brilliant one when I was uh, 18. I was living in Sydney. Um... Living in Sydney, I was working there as well. I was staying in a house with a bunch of people. It was, it was a sort of a bizarre life I was leading at the time. But uh, I got up late for work one morning and I grabbed the uh, last pair of jocks I had in my drawer that were clean, um, threw them on, and um, realised I didn't have any other clean shorts. So I borrowed a mate's pair of shorts. I was actually a lot skinnier back in the day. I could fit into normal shorts. Um, didn't need a team of Indonesian women and um, six months of work time to get them to sew my pants together. And uh, grabbed my shorts, took off in a hurry, straight to work. And I had to go to work through a place called Warringah Mall. If you've ever been to Sydney, it's a major, it's a massive shopping centre, massive mall, two or three storeys. At least it was back in the day. Um, Anyhow, I'm coming down the escalator at this mall and I thought it was a bit cold considering it was a warm and sunny day. I didn't realise that the last pair of jocks I grabbed from the drawer were throwaways and there was a big hole in the front. Uh, they were torn, basically. I didn't realise that. In my haste to get to work, oh, I threw no. them. Um, which wouldn't have been a problem, but the shorts I borrowed from my mate also had a great big hole in the front, which he wasn't... Um, um, did the stars align? Good enough to, yeah, the stars definitely aligned, <laughs> and so did the meat and veg. And uh, as I thought it was cold, I've looked down and... Um, Due north? Uh, well, <laughs> thankfully there wasn't anyone very attractive that I was looking at, but it was, it was enough to... Um, I got the shrivel on pretty quick. It wasn't cold, but uh, it, was, um, it was sheer embarrassment. And my, uh, my friend who'd lent me the shorts was standing next to me, and uh, he got wind of what had happened. And um, I think he went apoplectic with laughter as I was trying furiously to shove any sort of thing down the front of my shorts that I could to stop my exposure. Where were you? In a crowded mall coming down an escalator where everyone was looking at me. Yeah, so that was... Um, it's, it's not even like it's, it's below waist height, is it? You're coming down an escalator, that's, it's that's kind right. of like so head I, height. I was literally eye shopping, height people. Shopping baggage. <laughs> it, was, it was eye height with people and... Uh, yeah, Look, so mummy, these shopping bags got hair on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a funny looking, uh, was, wouldn't say a cucumber, maybe a, a, a string bean. But um, yeah, so that was uh, the last time I ever borrowed clothes from anyone, and uh, <laughs> it was a good lesson in check your underwear. This looked like a string bean, it could look like a squash. A squash? Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd be proud of a squash. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder if anyone out there has actually had, a, had an accidental nudity story as well. I'm sure they have. Is there somewhere they can write into you, Jai? I'm pretty sure they can. They can find us on Facebook if you go to the Stacks Podcast on Facebook. Uh, or you can leave us a message on SoundCloud. You can find us on there as well as iTunes. So if you are listening on iTunes, you have some other venues, make sure you get on Facebook and just give us some shit. <laughs> Tell us about your accidental nudity story. Or deliberate nudity. Or well, deliberate. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> I've, actually, I've got another Why one. It's it? not a nudity story. It's a, I was drunk and did something completely stupid and 
I ended up, I, I got pretty drunk one night after a gig when I used to live in Scarborough. And um, I can't explain why I did this, but it's, <laughs> it's just good. one of those things that you might <laughs> do when you're drunk. But um, what happened was uh, I got pretty drunk and I got kicked out of the, the, the club down there and I come home and there was, I think there was a big African fellow that was the bouncer at the club. And I don't know what made me think along these lines, but I, I think he, he's a nice guy. He asked me to leave nice, and we kind of knew each other because I played down there a lot. But we used to get well looked after as far as Jack Daniels goes, and we used to fill up pint glasses full of it and just drink it. And it wouldn't be like me. I've got a habit of knocking them back a bit quick and ended up a little bit silly. was probably asked to leave. Very messy. I've come home, and I don't know, but uh, I've got a mate that told me the story. I can't remember doing it, but I definitely <laughs> saw the evidence in the morning. I've come home and I've pulled out one of those really big art line texters and I've decided to colour me junk in black. <laughs> and Tony's come home with a heap of people to party at our place and I'm passed out on the lounge room floor as everyone's bowled in. Start naked with a sharpie in my hand, a black dick. <laughs> you know, you know, drawing it black or colouring it black doesn't make it any bigger, you realise I've, that. So. I've, well, I, that's maybe what I was thinking at the time, but not <laughs> only that, I've got up the next morning and um, I had a friend Crystal who came in and said to me he goes like are you alright and I went yeah because I passed out the shower like just in there trying to sober up and, and she's all that and she's looked down at me and by that stage I tried to scrub it and it had gone <laughs> if you tried to scrub text off it goes like a purple colour <laughs> basically, basically looks like I've uh, put it in a vice and tried to run backwards and it's the only time you can legitimately use the old yeah, washing and crystals <laughs> crystal's seen it and it's gone what the fuck happened to you well, I've just seen this purple bit down there and oh you wouldn't believe it the, the question is Jai is there hope for people that have you sharpies well I, I don't know I just wonder whoever I wonder, <laughs> is there hope no there's no hope there's no hope is, that's is, it is it still purple gone forever no, but it took about, I reckon it took about four to six weeks. Wow. For the, all the colour to, to leave. Has anyone ever handled wood and have ended up with purple hands? You know, you get... <laughs> no, no pun intended. I actually do mean handle timber, lumber, I should say. And, and the sap comes out and it stains your hands and makes yes. it go purple. Right. You know what I'm talking about now? Air dye. You know, you have a... Same thing. Well, it looked like that. It looked like I'd been handling wood. <laughs> uh, well, yes. But uh, that's uh, nothing like talking about a lot of dick when you cozy up with three blokes in a room. Well, right? you started off with with the other band you were talking about, you know, and just um, you know. The, oh, with Blind Spot, I'll be yeah. loving this podcast. So, uh, you know, love the cock Blind Spot. When I love it. when are penis gags not funny? Is my question. Not sure. Do you know any good ones? Not really. They're always funny. I just always sort of do this thing where it looks like I'm pinned to a cross and say, "Why does Jesus get all the chicks?" Because he's hung like this. <laughs> Goes down well with Christians. <laughs> I had a, one attack me one night after a gig. I think I've told that story on the podcast, yeah. Anyway, U2's back. He's, uh, he's back in one piece, Bono. What happened? Well, I know he had his. Um, he, he thought he couldn't play again and he had his massive bike stack last year or. Uh, oh, did he? Yeah, he was, he was in a bad way for a while. He was, uh, he was very unwell. They were massive in their day, weren't they? Probably the biggest band in the world. They um, no, I, I saw them at there. Did you go to the three sixty tour? Did you manage to, to catch them at that concert at Subiaco? No. That was um, you know, I know people don't like um, some people don't like Bono because he you know he is a bit of a sanctimonious twit. Um, 
But I tell you what, they put on a hell of a show, and they are some of the best entertainers, and put on such a tight concert, it was incredible. Well, they were the leading band a few years ago for the best live band worldwide, weren't they? Oh, it was it was an amazing concert. Um, wow. And, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, you know the songs, and you like the songs, and you, know, you can't help... There was, mm. there was 40, 50,000 people there. Yep. Uh, as much as... Again, people think you know, and he is a bit of bit of a tip, but um, gee, you can sing. Yeah. And, um, now, are you guys familiar with the album that iTunes gave away free? Yes. Of you two's recently, what maybe 12, 18 months ago now? Yeah. Was well, it an album? Whole album? It was a whole, whole album, album yeah. that was downloaded. Whole everyone album. with iTunes. Yep. Everyone with iTunes, they forced downloaded it into your computer. If Almost you iTunes. Almost it. Everyone got Probably. upset about it. It's like, hey, there's a, free, yeah. there's a new album from... from you two for free and people are getting angry about it. So what are your thoughts on that? I think we're running out of things to be angry about <laughs> as a society. Um, Absolutely. Um, free U2 album. E- I mean. Every day in the news there's people getting outraged about what seem to be very trivial things. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm convinced we're running out of things to be angry about. So um, back in the day, who would have turned out a free album? Yeah, I thought it was very kind, actually. Especially from you, too. You know, yeah, so. the latest album. How could you not? That's great. <laughs> I mean, good, is it a good... Have you listened to it? Yeah. Good yeah, album. It's, it's fine. Yeah, it's great. Edge is on fire. Yeah, it's very you, too. Is um, lots of great. delay. If it yeah. was... <laughs> if lots it was, of delay and lots of bono. Exactly. Can't go I mean, wrong. if it was a Nickelback album, you could understand people getting <laughs> upset about it. But, you know, yeah. it's, it's you, too. Yeah. yeah. That would be the New World Order doing that. Mind controls. Mind controls. Speaking of New World Order and mind controls, we love to talk about conspiracy theories Absolutely. here on the Stacks Podcast. Brad, you're the uh, Stacks Virgin on this podcast, mate. <laughs> have you got anything that you think's happening in the world that you, you, you think's going on? Have you got a conspiracy theory you're leaning towards? You think it's true? We've had we've got a couple on here that loves the chemtrails, and we talked about JFK and you know right. creation of diseases and drug legalization and what's it all mean and predictive programming and DTV transitions and weapons of mass destruction, surveillance, espionage, the intelligence agencies, media, you name it. Here's one for you. Yes. Have you heard of the Pixar theory? The Pixar? Pixar. Oh, the Pixar. The Pixar theory. There's a Pixar theory that some guy came up with, and this is pretty out, this is crazy. This This is is probably very left field from what you've you've talked about previously, but uh, the idea is that he's, he's decided that every single Pixar movie coexists in the same world and each movie relates to another movie on a timeline it's crazy it's mm. just it, you've, you've got to watch it it's incredible it's well, on YouTube it's a it's, it's, a, it's called the Pixar theory I, I've, I've heard of things where say a, a Nemo character appears in something like Monsters Inc or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah exactly or, I mean this guy has, has pieced together every single Pixar movie someone's had a lot of time in his hands absolutely must have <laughs> but a look, lot of time I, I've got to be honest it makes sense yeah. This guy knows what he's talking about. It makes sense. So basically what happens is he seems to think that the... Pi- what's, the thi- what's the conspiracy, though? Well, it's not really the fact that it's true or not. Really. So he's saying that every Pixar movie is connected... Refers to the, another one in its... Yeah, it, it links through. So it all sits on one timeline, and that this is the actual timeline of the movie. So it starts off with a bug's life, then moves on to Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo. And he basically talks about the Pixar universe in the fact that every movie links to another in, the, in this timeline of, of basically starting off with, with bugs, moving into Monsters University eventually, where there's monsters living on the earth. And that go back in time. So that you, you know in Monsters University how, so they, when we get how to, they go through the doors to the kids. When we get to Brave, we've got like... 
all these brutes running around the world yeah. with their weird Scottish accent. That's how bad that accent no, was. That wasn't bad. It was alright. It was alright. I've got a friend, Jane, who sounds just like the girl. Alright, yeah, okay. And then by the time we get to... So we've got this Pixar theory. Yes. So Brave is the first and, and the last movie in the timeline. That's correct. That's Obviously correct. this movie is about a Scottish kingdom during the Dark Ages. Is the earliest time period covered by the Pixar films, but is also the only Pixar movie that actually explains why animals in the Pixar universe behave like humans sometimes. Really? Because Merida discovers that there is magic and can solve her problems, but inadvertently turns her mother into a bear. We find out that this magic comes from an odd witch seemingly connected to the mysterious will of the wisps. Not only do we see animals behaving like humans, but we also see brooms, inanimate objects, behaving like people in the witch's shop. Brooms, not the first time we've seen that. Remember Walt Disney? <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I, I'm going to jump forward because this is quite massive. But there's one very quick spoiler that I'm going to give you. So yes. if you're not keen to hear it, skip forward about 30 seconds. But uh, the, the witch in Pixar, in Brave, is actually Boo, the little girl from Monsters University. Whoa. Monsters, Inc. And she looks just like the witch in a lot of the Disney stuff, but Pixar bought Disney, so that's why they're going back to that same sort of cartoon look. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's mind-blowing. You've got to check it out. It's on YouTube. Just Google it. The Pixar yeah, theory. So we've got... That's... There she is. I, I didn't think that... Um... So here it is. So she figures out how to travel in time to find Sully and goes back to what she believes is the source, the Will of the Wisps. Crazy. And what, they're what started everything. Oh, yeah. As a witch, yeah, yeah. she cultivates so the magic in an attempt to find Sully by creating doors going backwards and forwards, and forwards in, in time. time. But who's Sully? Sully's the, the monster the from Monsters Inc. monster from Monsters Inc. John Goodman. Just to clarify, the theory is that Boo discovers a way to use doors to travel through time on her own. Possibly by developing magic on her own. She probably went back in time to the Dark Ages to get more magic from Will of the Wisps. So, is she from Monsters, Inc. and suddenly appears in Brave? Well, she's a witch in Brave. Because when she goes back... But so she's the girl in... The little girl in Monsters University. Who gets... Monsters, Inc., yeah. Who gets scared. Who gets scared, that's correct. And, and, then, and then becomes friends with Sully. Yeah. Why wouldn't you either? Sorry, exactly. Sorry. Exactly. And then when she grows up, she basically finds, spends her whole life trying to find a way to get back to Sully, and becomes the witch. To yeah. invent a way to open the doors. You blow my this mind. This massive that's, circle. Yeah, it's it's out there. You've got to check it out. Honestly. That's a lot it's to crazy. get your head around. It really is. So the next one coming out is the good dinosaur. Yeah. So I wonder how that's going to fit into this. Yeah. Looks like this guy's got some theories already. Well, what he's saying yeah. is uh, the good dinosaur is supposed to be about an alternate universe where dinosaurs never went extinct because a meteor never wiped them out. Uh, they have humans as pets. And in this alternate reality, his theory is that the alternate universe explains why so many things in Pixar's universe are different from ours. So it's because evolution was never interrupted by a worldwide catastrophe the humans evolved into supers and uh, super animals and gained... Um, sentience faster accelerating into the apocalypse for resources that could do the same to our timeline right so uh, and and Dornico from Toy Story and Cars is a loose but fun connection to speculate on because 
They kind of, they're green, they're little, <laughs> they got that cheesy smile. <laughs> yep. That's gonna that's that's gonna be some reading for when I get home. I think. That's yeah, incredible. just 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 watch the YouTube video of it. It explains a lot. But my theory is that six minutes. You look at the dinosaur in the new Pixar movie, the good dinosaur, and I reckon he looks like Wallace. <laughs> Out of Wallace and Gromit. Not sure if that's the right connection, but let's roll with that. Which makes me suddenly think. We are all made out of plasticine. I knew it. I knew it. I, I can't argue with that. That's flawless um, theory. <laughs> That's really cool, Brad. There you go. I don't know if I can ask for another one now, because that one just blew my mind. Oh. My mind's blown already. <laughs> I'm, I'm still pondering Pixar. Yes. Why? Well, it's going to take a lot to get my head around when I go home. I'm going to do some research with this Pixar. Do some research? Wow. So, um... What's your favourite conspiracy theory, Joy? What's my favourite? I don't know if it's a conspiracy theory, but I believe that we, you know, we came from, like, we've got alien influence in us. I think that my conspiracy is, is... Um... Is that we have... Uh, we we have like amnesia, and that we've got an, a civilization that lived before us. I think science has got us wrong. Um, I think, and they can't go back on themselves. You know what I mean? Like they're it's like if anything, you you create a song, and then people say it's shit. You well, bad influence because um, I'm sure David Lee Roth said Cherry Pie is pretty shit, or that guy. What's the name out of Cheap Trick? Robin Zander. Who, who sang Cherry Pie? Oh, Warren. Um, that was uh, Jay Lane, wasn't it? Warren. Yeah. yeah. He he created that song and now regrets it and think his life would be different if that song well, never... His life's over now. But anyway, what I'm saying is that humans have got amnesia and um, they seem to think that we... we um, I think that we've got it all wrong. Like, For example, there's a place in Turkey called Gebekli Tepe. And what Gebekli Tepe is, it's a... It's a it's a temple um, six miles out from Urfer in, in, in Turkey that dates back uh, 11,000 years. So if you look at the annals of history, they only go back 6,000 years for anything that's... Even the pyramids, they're only going back four to 6,000 years for a lot of the stuff that went on in the pyramids. And there's just they just can't explain it. Around 11,000 years ago, humans, I believe, in mass were wiped off the planet. Um, and if you listen to people like uh, R Randall Carlson, um, and not so much David Ick, but um, he's got another mate, uh, I can't think of his name right now, but they they talk a lot about the, an impact by a meteor back then that obviously kicked up a lot of the a lot of the water. And and in the Bible we talk about the great floods and all that kind of stuff. I believe it's actually true that we did have these great floods, but. I think it was caused by a meteor impact. The the water was displaced throughout the thing, causing massive... Now, we're not talking 100-foot tsunami, 200-foot. We're talking 1,000-foot, 1,500-feet big tsunamis that just sort of engulfed a lot of the, the tablelands around the place. If you go to 
uh, some places in the world. You see evidence of this. You see evidence of great lands, of masses of water that have moved through the lands and, and up, upheaval, sort of uh, great boulders and all this kind of stuff. And before that happened, I believe that there was humans on the planet that had not so much machinery as we know it today, but they had a, a way of living and a civilization far more advanced than what we're giving them credit for. So Gebekli Tepe is a, a great... Because um, they say it's the oldest temple in the world. And it's very similar in a lot of ways to Stonehenge. So Stonehenge, the pyramids... All these great old monolith sort of things are the only things that really survived before these great floods came and they caused a lot of problems. Now, not only did floods come, there also uh, 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 there was a massive upheaval of gas and all that kind of stuff because of the impact. We had like a nuclear winter for a while and it pretty much wiped out a lot of... I think the dinosaurs went then. I, I firmly believe that humans were a bigger people than we are now. Um, and then when we came back, food was scarce. Uh, we had to we had to learn how to cultivate again, and we never got back to the the size that we were previous. And when I say that, I mean I think humans were up to thirty feet tall. Now, human bones will only survive in certain areas. Why haven't we found these? Because I think sometimes we have, and we've mistaken them for dinosaurs occasionally. Uh, we haven't found there, there's video there's videos and there's photos on the internet, but how true they are, I'm not too sure. Um, you know, we're not there, we're not digging it up, we don't know for certain if it, if it is true. You've got uh, the Nephilim theories and all that kind of stuff that humans... But I think we've got it wrong. I think that at one stage we were a much greater race and we were were a larger people. We were, we were gigantic. We suffered from uh, gigantism like the dinosaurs and like everything else back then. Things were bigger. There was less things on the planet. People could grow. And I think you're a product of your environment. If you put... A thousand fish in a fish tank. They're not going to grow as big as a fish that if you put two fish in a fish tank. Um, so we're a, a product of our environment. And we probably learned how to cultivate and we're eating different foods or we're doing something back then, but we were different. We we're far different. If we're eating megafauna, maybe we're going to grow large as well. So not too sure, but there's a place called Tebekli Tepe and they say it's 11,000 years old. Uh, and that's using carbon dating and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's amazing. It um, was discovered in, uh, I think it was 1994. Uh, they dug it up and, you know, they've got these um, tall pillars that are, they're only 16 foot, but they're sort of the same as Stonehenge. And 11,000 years ago, you could not have, have done those things. So, yeah, not a conspiracy theory, but in saying that, it's just a theory that I have. And I firmly believe that science has got it wrong and that, the way we look at history is not quite exactly how it was. And we don't give the... It's only just starting to come to fruition now about the uh, the meteors and that they maybe, you know, had a lot to do with the, uh, the extinction of dinosaurs and an early form of human race and a civilization which, you know, we're starting to discover. We've discovered a few things that people sort of ask questions about. And I believe things like Tebekli Tepe, the pyramids... Stonehenge, and all these other things that we still can't figure out. Um, Mach uh, that place up at Machu Picchu and, and all these things were all from a previous civilization. The, uh, the Egyptians moved in and they utilised the pyramids that were, that were already there. And I think the biblical tales of, of giants and, um, you know, David and Goliath, and I think all has, has been handed down from the stories from 
pre-extinction. And the stories live. I don't think everybody was wiped off the face of the planet, but I think back then, early days, there was more evidence of what was in existence compared to now. There's there's pyramids everywhere. There's pyramids in China. There's pyramids in Turkey. There's they're, they're everywhere, and that's all from the civilizations. And back then, we also had not the water mass that the way it is now as well. So, you know, the the people were more in contact, and they they knew a little bit more. Um, you can go completely left of field there, and they say that. There may have been craft that, that learned some anti-gravitational systems and they were hovering around the place. So, yeah, look, it's great stuff to get into. Check it all out on the internet and, and have a look. So, what's your take on that, Brad? Not sure, to be honest. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a Christian, so I, I kind of really believe the Bible, but uh, I don't know. Could you say there's an interpret? It could be an interpreter. So you're you're yeah. you're a Christian as well, aren't you, mate? So yeah, and I've, I've um, you know I, I enjoy studying theology. Um, uh, as a, uh, a reference point as much as anything to th there's a lot of wisdom in um, in studying that stuff how to treat people how to interact with people yep. uh, you know there's there's examples it's so like a guide to better living partly yeah. for sure there's definitely a part of that and there's definitely an element of that and I know that um, say for example my marriage to my wife um, we both practice a very sacrificial I guess servanthood of each other which is you know, wisdom from the scriptures that if you love someone, you serve them, and if you yeah. serve, and if you serve them, they feel loved, and if they feel loved, they're empowered to serve you, and it's actually a very, I think, healthy way of relationship. Mm. There's a great book called His New Turnings about that actually, yeah, which so is fantastic. Yeah. There's a lot of wisdom in that, and you know, for all intents and purposes, what has come down maybe from you know, the Jewish stories of creation and, and their history, you know. Every every ancient civilization has a flood theory, has a flood story. You know Gilgamesh and you know all yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, and I guess that's to say there is there is not some truth. An element that's why that's where I get my theories from. Out of everything I've read and put together, I've drawn my own conclusions, and that's what I'm saying. That I think this flooding was not caused so much by rain and a, and a combination of rains, but it was a massive instant wash of the land due to. Yeah, there's there's theories that the Earth's axis tilted. You know, and, and until yeah. that time, there was just a canopy of mist. And when the axis of the Earth tilted due to whatever influence, um, it just dumped all the. You know, so there's, there's all sorts of fascinating theories, and it's wonderful because I firmly believe that it's healthy to ask questions and question everything. Um, yeah. uh, even you know, a lot of people say, especially people say of religious people, that you're not allowed to ask questions. And I say, no, you have to ask Absolutely. everything because. When you ask questions, you learn. And when, you know, somebody might have a different opinion and it's good because then it, it forces you to think. If you blindly accept what you're being fed by the media, say, which we, I mean, then you don't even need a conspiracy theory to say that, you know, the media is a very controlled um, format. Oh, absolutely. Anything that makes you question the official story and makes you think is a good thing. Definitely. Um, and I, I firmly, I mean, I love conspiracies. Some of them are just so out there. Yeah. But I love them because they do make you go, hang on, there could be something in this that makes sense. And then, you, you know, it opens up uh, and unpacks a story and it becomes it, it becomes fun as much as anything, you know. Um, I, I find this one really interesting. I'm just having a quick Google and I go bleakly, go bleakly tepe. I can't pronounce it. Gobekli, right? Yeah, gobekli tepe. Yeah, yeah, some people are saying that it could be the biblical Eden. Yeah. Which is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so I've, I've never thought about it like that before. Well, the thing is, I think, like, I mean, uh, 
it's, it's always good, and I've had this discussion with a few guys who are, are devout Christians, mm. and and one thing I'll give Christianity is that it's there's there's so many varieties of Christianity. It kind of backs up the theory that that it all derives from something. You know what I mean? It all comes from somewhere. And look, I, I'm a little bit different. Mm. I, I I have my beliefs too, which. I guess we're, we're kind of sort of looking at the same thing, but we're just looking at it from different angles. Yeah, and absolutely. there's nothing wrong with that either. No, it's there good. isn't. And look, I'll, I'll never knock someone who, who's a Christian for this reason, or anyone that has any religion. You find things in life that gives you faith in order for comfort and to find your way. Some people lose their way. Some people find their way in other things. Some people... For me, religion is... It, that's what a religion is to me. It's something that helps you get through life and gives you faith. Mm. Which is a very broad description of religion without getting to, so there's all these religions, you know. We talk about all the religions on the planet. There's just so many, but they're all religions. And I guess if people find what they want out of it and it makes them grow and and become better people, and who's to judge if they're better people? But they find their happiness in it. I don't think you can take that away from people. And I think with the the the, the Bible as we know it, especially the New Testament, Old Testament, they're they're a little bit worlds apart but mm. they still come back to a lot of the things that correlate with what scientists say but here I am I'm actually knocking the scientists and saying I think the scientists have got it wrong the Bible's kind of got it right it's closer to what I'm saying with what went on with um, things like Gebekli Tepe and as you said mm. it's, it's saying that it could possibly be the Eden this, yeah. this is all yeah. reference to and the Great Flood it's, you've got to remember that the, the Bible, it's like saying anything. The Bible's been handed down and you can't say that what's been written in that Bible was the true word. Like in the Quran, you can't say that exactly what's been written in there was exactly the words that Muhammad wrote or did he. On a, or we're not too sure. But there's interpretation. And there's interpretation in the way we read the text when you change languages. I want someone to try something at home. If they've got anybody in a different country, type... Look at the C translation on Facebook. And once you get the translation and see what it actually means to the way that you're saying it. Now, we spoke a lot differently back then. And when we go back to the the days of when uh, Jesus was roaming the planet and the Romans were sort of in, the, in Jerusalem and all that was going on, there was... There was a certain way and there were certain cultural references and, and time important references as to what was going on then that now would mean something completely different and that's that's why there is such a, a, a i guess a vast variety of of different um uh, i suppose streams of of, of faith that you know, there, as much as anything there's a cultural um foundation to them so what's uh, you know, american baptist might be different from you know chinese pentecostal or something you know, they're, they're, uh, which would be different from 15th century German, you know, so that's why we have such a diverse, mm. you know, thing because a lot of this stuff grows up in culture as much as anything. But uh, I'm look, I, I love questions. I love. I mean, we could talk about this for days, and I and I, I love it because again, it just there's something good about thinking. You know, there's something good about questioning. There's something good about going, yeah. hey, I, I like this idea. Let's see if we can unpack it. Um, that's all right because I mean, ignorance, I suppose, is. I mean, there are people. I mean, I know people that just shut shut the whole idea down. Hmm. Um, and and I'll, I'll be honest. I'm I'm probably the furthest person from 
a traditional Christian, but I've I've got these ideals. And, and getting back to what I was saying about what I thought would happen, and that I do think there was when I say alien influence, who's to say that at the end of the day we're not looking at the same dude going, oh right, well <laughs> we're both kind of right, yeah. <laughs> you know. So uh, I'd, yeah, like, yeah. I'd like to pick up a point you made too about about religion. Um, I think at any part of our lives, religion or not, there was a, a, a sociologist called Viktor Frankl, and he was a survivor of the concentration camps in Nazi Germany, and he wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning, and I think this is fundamental to all our lives, that he said, at the end of the day, people need a meaning in their life, and some people might find that in religion, some people might find that in, um, you know, in music. Some people might find yeah. that in arts, but we definitely need a meaning in our life, otherwise uh, our lives are empty. And he said it was very interesting when he was in the concentration camps, he could tell, he could see the people who were sitting there uh, just smoking and doing nothing. He knew they would die because they'd lost all hope and they'd lost all meaning. And uh, he was a very, very clued on guy. And I firmly, am a, I firmly believe that this thing about meaning in our lives is what drives us and I think you know a good example would be you know when you know I know we're all musicians and we're, when we're on to something and we're sitting there and we're doing and where's that focus time can go just like that oh yeah all of a sudden we have a focus and a meaning and a purpose and we feel alive it's like playing a good gig how quick do they go oh yeah. absolutely it's like, yeah. Yeah, we've done three hours are you serious yeah, like, yeah, wow. yeah yeah and that's I think at the end of the day that's what people need more than anything is well, a to feel loved, but B to have meaning in their lives. And uh, it was a yeah, man's search for meaning is a very good. There's a, there's a lot of big words in there because yeah, he was a, a very smart person. Well, he was a he was an Austrian neurologist and a uh, psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. He was a Holocaust survivor, and he was the founder of logotherapy. Uh, logotherapy yeah. yeah, which is a form of existent, uh, existential analysis. Um, he uh, sounds like a very, very clever man, and he, and he studied the mind. Yep. So uh, he used, and he chronicled his uh, experiences in the concentration camps as a concentration camp inmate, which led him to discover the importance of finding the meaning in all forms of existence. So even the most brutal ones, um, it gave him reason to continue living. So you're right, like, those guys that just sat around, they're waiting to die. And I mean, I'm, I'm the first person to say that, and you know, a lot of people who know me uh, won't know this, um, so I'm putting it out there, but I've been a, you know, a person over my life who's, who's yeah, attempted suicide and, and still has suicidal ideation um, uh, because part of it is a lack of meaning and trying to find a meaning in life. And at those times when I did attempt to take my own life, I felt I had no meaning, no purpose. Um, you know, having a wife and having a kid changes that. Um, you know, finding uh, something you can put your faith in and but you struggle with and you chew it over. But it's, you know, meaning is so important to keep us alive. Um, because I think without any, without that, then we are just surviving, existing. Unless you, I think, unless you're a rare type of person, and I think I fit into this category, and I don't mean because I'm rare, but I. <laughs> I have been through pretty low points where, but I, I just, I always find funny in sometimes the most weird places. Mm. You know what I mean? I, that's just the way I'm geared. Like when I remember, I remember once I, 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 I had, I took some acid 
and it was really heavy. And I remember coming down off it the next day. And that I, wasn't I'm, when you painted your telly worker. No, no, no. Didn't take acid to do that. Imagine what I was like with acid. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love everything. Painted someone I, else's. I remember I, I, just, and I dropped heaps of it. I got a liquid vial of it. And I think I smashed the whole vial in one night, which would usually do about 12 people. And actually, the next day's a lie. I think it was two days later, because I was still tripping for about two days. And I remember sitting on my bed in my hotel room um, where I was staying and sitting there and just started crying mm. because I was really depressed because that's what it does. Mm. You come off this high and your body just takes this oh. low and you came down and you're really depressed. It's been there, done that. And then I'm just crying. I'm just sitting there just ha like howling and I'm talking like like you cry when you're a kid. Like you're just howling and I'm howling. And then I just looked up and I see myself in the mirror howling and I... I just started fucking cracking up laughing, like going to myself, how fucked am I? I'm sitting there howling because I've just been tripping for two days. Yeah. And I'm tripping because, and I'm on a down because I'm tripping. That's fucking hilarious. And then just started laughing, which then dropped, took me straight out of the d depressive thing. And I went, how fucking cool is that? And then just went, I've just self-analyzed myself. Yeah. And by, so I think knowing yourself... A little bit, and, and understanding why why you go through certain things and why you feel the way you do. So here's a question for you. So self-analysis, you know what I mean? But then I knew that's why I'm down. So I never thought bad thoughts. I went, oh, I'm down because I've been tripping for two days. And I never, I didn't think, oh, the world's against me. And I went, oh, man, I'm sucking balls right now because I'm, coming, I'm, I'm on a downer from this acid that I took two days ago. And then started laughing about it and then picked myself back up. And now I can still look back at that. When mm -hmm. I've seen people get down, and even when I was on the acid, like I, I had a, like a heroic dose as as a heroic dose, heroic dose as Bill Bill Hicks used to say, yeah. it was stupid. Like it probably was too much, but I remember even at the time that would have freaked a lot of people out. But I still had enough in me to go, man, I am tripping balls because I've done a lot of acid, mm. and, and I was like watching shit move, and I was feeling people, and I loved. Wanted to hug everyone, and you know, I can remember. I remember feeling the grooves of my boat wheel, yeah, on on the boat trailer, and I kept running my fingers through it and just going, "This is fucking awesome!" Yeah, who invents boat wheels, man? Like it was just awesome. And then I knew that I was like, "Whoa!" And then I'd be just like, "Man, this is great! I'm tripping hard." Right, what can I do now that's going to make me think this shit's awesome? And I just looked at anything, whether it be stitching on a sail or you know, and I just found everything awesome. Yeah, but um, it was good to know and to be able to sit outside yourself. And I wouldn't say I'm rare. I think there's a lot of people like that. Mm. But I guess people who can do that probably would not suffer from such depressive states as... Would you agree? Because you've that's, been on that... That's, that? that's possible. And, 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 and it's something I still struggle with, even to this day. Uh, and, and I make no bones about it. Yeah, it's because, you know... I, I wanna, here's a question for you. Do you think that predominantly musical, artistic, creative people think differently? And feel things differently than other people. Well, absolutely. Vince Van Gogh. I, I think that's been scientifically proven. Absolutely. So, you know, um, I sometimes wonder, and my wife you know, teases me, she goes, This is just the musician in you, you're down. You know, you just feel things differently. Uh, and I wonder if that is something about us as, as creative. I don't people. think I don't think I'm I'm like that. Well, you're very fortunate. <laughs> like I, I I I don't have mood and I don't get down. I'm always just fucking stupid. No, you're, you're always good value. I come here to get chewed up. So. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you've, you've never yeah. seen me sort of... Even when, like, I'm working my ass off, I'm sweating my balls <laughs> off. It's a 44-degree day. 
I'm still just talking shit and pretend. You can laugh about how bad you smell, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll just yeah. find, I'll, I'll, I'll always find the funny in things. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's a great way to do it. Um, I, I've but been known to do that inappropriately. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, well, I mean, sometimes I'm inappropriate. Yeah, but, but yeah, look, it's, uh, we are all different, but I, I do believe that on the, on the whole, musicians do, or creative people, you know, that's why there are a lot of, I suppose, artists, suicide. you mentioned Van Gogh, you mentioned, um, you know, it's... There is a, I think, a, a, a strong issue of depression, um, suicide with you know rock stars with. Um, oh, you know, big time. You know, you know, Have you ever written a song, Brad, when you've been down? Oh, definitely. What? Absolutely. It's actually one of the first songs I wrote. It's called Love Drug, and uh, it was a, a song that kind of referenced, um, I guess, kind of kind of playing on that downer that you were just talking about, really. But but when you when you break up in a relationship. I mean, that's where most of the great songs are written, aren't they? Some of the greatest songs of all time are written in that pain, spot, yeah. you know? Um, Absolutely. I Breaking keep thinking of uh, and, Love yeah. of My Life by Queen. It's one yeah. of the most amazing songs. Uh, uh, yeah, but of course, you know, I consider myself... It was about a woman, though, wasn't it? You know, yeah, but he was. He played both. But Brian, I think Brian wrote that one, too. But um, I, I consider myself the hu- hugest Queen fan in the world, yeah. not just physically, but um, I, I love Queen. Um, but look, I mean... Things like that do bring about um, exciting and different things. I, I remember, and I wish I could find it, I wrote some of the best stuff I'd ever written when I was sitting on a cliff, uh, North Head in Sydney, um, when I was 18, when I was over there again doing That's that things. famous cliff, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. I was sitting and I was literally, you know, a, a bee stick between life and death. I, had, I was hanging over, I was, but I sat there with a notepad. And it was just this, uh, this really fine line between, or oh, this could be very bad, but then there was exhilaration in this wow. too. And that, uh, I wouldn't recommend people go and doing that just to write a song. But uh, you, you, know how I was, you know how I was saying, I sort of see the funny in some of the darkest shit. Mm. How bad would it be <laughs> if you're sitting on the edge of that thing ready to jump off the rocks yeah. and you write, you think, which is the best song yeah. And, and you're pouring your heart out. And it goes down with and, it. And then you see it to, like, a heap of people, and they go, that song fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you go back to the cliff? That, that's yeah, the exactly. Wow. Do you start again? Do you start writing another one out until you hit one right? That, so, wow. That's when you give up and, and go back to, you know, carpentry or something, I reckon. So, it's, uh, yeah. But look, it's just, you know, I think these life and death experiences, these deep pain experiences really do bring the almost the best out of, out of people. Because... I think without that, you know, music has it can be tended has a tendency to be very vacuous and empty. Um, I think you need experience and you need something strong to really drive a good song. Um, to drive a, you know, we we can write fun songs and that's great and there's just definitely there's, there's a place and a time and a purpose for fun songs. Um, you know, the Radiators, you know, their, their classic song. I mean, it's just it's a ridiculous song. Um, you know, Give me head by the Radiators, huh. uh, but um. You know, it's just, it's, but it, it had its purpose. It, it was funny, yeah. you know? But then again, you have some amazingly deep songs that you can just feel what people are... And that's, that's right. I was going to say, it yeah. really comes down at the end of the day. It sounds corny, but it comes down to feeling, doesn't it? That's what makes a great song or breaks a great song. I think feeling. it's a huge element of it, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you can write great songs and still have the crappiest musicianship in the world, and that's not going to, you know... It's yeah. like all the pieces have to align. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, I think if you... Yeah, <laughs> And people might disagree, or people will disagree, and that's fine. Uh, yeah. But I, I do think that 
emotion, a strong emotion, does create and does um, engender in us the, the stronger, um, better things sometimes. Um, I, mean, well, I, I guess to... Well, that's, that's music. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that music, different songs, for, you know. People might be in party mode and you go out and pull out something like, Oh, when I was a young man, I carried a pack. Oh, yeah, great song. That's not going to work, though, to party mode, is it? So. I played it the other night. <laughs> yeah. I had about nine old blokes just crying into their beer. And all the young kids are looking at me going, I don't know that song. Mm. <laughs> Pretty shit. Yeah. And we're looking at the old fellas going, well, why are they all sort of, like, they're all looking, staring at their beer, a few old fellas tearing. Yeah. And it raised them emotions, but it was definitely a wrong song to play at a New Year's Eve party. Uh, <laughs> Great song, though. Yeah. Just for those uh, folks at home, I, I played in Yarloop in Western Australia, down south. Very interesting. Got to meet the locals down there. Um, I think they all share the same teeth. Um, <laughs> very interesting. Nah, that's a bit of a dig at Yarloop. They've all got their own teeth, just not many of them. But uh, they're nice people. No, I had an absolute ball down there, a lot of fun. A little bit heck, but <laughs> definitely a lot of fun. Guys, we're getting close to that time in the evening. Yeah, and I'm, I've, I've, we, we could do this all day, all night. We could do it. Um, but it's, I think it's, it's good to talk about these things. So there's, um, uh, amidst all the fun, uh, there's some good, serious uh, Well, I need guests that, for that. That needs people. Yeah, it's, it's worth thinking about anyway, isn't it? So. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, calling the night on the lads. You look so pensive. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm Joe Deagle, I'm the host of Stacks Podcast. I'd like to thank my good friend, Mr. Adam Snell, for coming in and uh, putting a bit of uh, perspective on our perspective. It's probably a horrible perspective, but it's... It's, it's not a horrible so. perspective. Very deep, Adam. It's, it's mine. A very deep. For a shallow person, it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> you have to call him Deep Hal. And... Uh, <laughs> Brad, all the way from Port Edland. Great to see you again, buddy. Next time yeah, you're down, make sure you come you. back on the show. Definitely. And uh, yeah, mate. And uh, when are you going to marry that beautiful girl of yours? <laughs> Hopefully sooner rather than later. Oh, very nice. That's the answer I wasn't expecting. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so I never. Does she know? That... Never. Does she... <laughs> she she knows it's on the cards. So yeah. yeah, it's on the cards. Yeah, there hasn't been a proposal yet. Is it the tarot cards? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, not exactly. No, no the Visa card. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Alright, my name's Jai, this has been Brad Hall, this has been Adam Snell, you've been listening to Stacks Podcast, we're out! Make you change that to Brad Holder next time. Did I say Brad Hall all day? All night? <laughs> all. I said it all night? No, 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 just at the end. <laughs> well, you've been listening to none other than my good friend here, Mr. Brad Holder, all the way from... <laughs> <laughs> I've got a mate, Brad Hall. Yeah. I've got a mate. You know, I'm going to leave this bit in. I'll tell you the story. I've got a mate called Brad Hall in um, in Port Hedland. And how I get him confused, Brad's a good-looking young gentleman, Caucasian. Bit of Asian in there, isn't there? Your yeah, yep. Indian, Indian descent. Yep. Indian descent? Yep. Good-looking young fella. Brad Hall's a uh, probably 100 kilo Aboriginal stud muffin of a man. Yeah. We both know the guy. Incredible muso. Yeah. Great absolutely. guy. Is he actually, is he still playing up that one? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think he's based down here now, but he, he still comes up regularly and plays gigs. He actually yeah. rocked up to my um, buck show. Wow. Yeah. He just appeared at the casino. He seen yeah. me posted on Stalkbook and come on down. Yeah. 
good old Brad dancing up a storm with all the little Japanese friends. He's having <laughs> a ball. So uh, once again, I've been with none other than Mr. Brad Holder and my good <laughs> friend Adam Snell. You've been listening to Stag's podcast, and we are out. <laughs> <laughs>